Amen. Would you please take the word of God with me and turn back to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, and let's begin reading again in verse 1. We read a portion here. The word of God says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them, from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant, and they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. This is an amazing account that we find in God's word. As the word of God records for us in this passage that Abraham and his wife Sarah, as they were given the promise and the call to leave the country that they were in, how the Lord told Abraham that he was going to make out of his seed a great nation. And the Bible tells us that Abraham obeyed and left. And we find an account here that as Abraham was waiting on the Lord, he received a few visitors. The Bible tells us in verse number 2, And lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. And what we find in this passage of scripture is we find an appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ here in the Old Testament. How Jesus Christ himself visited Abraham and spoke with Abraham. And what I want to show you here this evening is not only did the Lord Jesus just speak with Abraham. If you look with me at verse number 33 of Genesis chapter 18, the Bible says, and the Lord, that's how we know it was the Lord Jesus, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. It is an amazing thing that God came and communed with a man. Not just spoke, because when we speak, it's just communication. Head knowledge to head knowledge. But communion goes far deeper. It's from heart to heart. And can I submit to you that we find in this passage a man that communed with the Lord Jesus Christ. Showing us and as we see that we must be those who commune daily with our Savior. 
I am so thankful that we have access. The book of Hebrews tells us that we can now boldly come into the throne room of grace that we may obtain help in time of need. Many people have the wrong idea of prayer. They many often just associate prayer with just asking God for things. But can I submit to you that prayer goes far deeper than just asking God for requests. When we pray, we are able to commune with God. We can come into the very presence of God and speak with him and hear his voice. And I want to show you a few things that appear who truly communes with God. The first thing I want to show you is when a man communes with God, there is expectancy. There is expectancy. Notice with me verse number one. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Notice the, the posture of Abraham. He was waiting, looking at the tent door in the heat of the day. The, the hottest part of the tent in the heat of the day. Because Abraham was watching and he was waiting. And it was because Abraham was out watching by the tent door in the heat of the day, that he saw the Lord come. Can I submit to you that Abraham was expectant. He was waiting. And when we come before the Lord and when we commune with God, we must come with a heart of expectancy. We must come believing that God, as we uh, uh, read and as we heard this morning, is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. When we come to God and when we commune with God, we have to come expecting as the word of God tells us that if we knock, the door will be open. That if we call, the Lord will answer. That as in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 tells us that if we call unto him, he, speaking of the Lord, will answer us and show us great and mighty things which we know not. We have been given precious and we can speak to the Lord. In John chapter 15, verse 7, the word of God tells us, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Romans chapter 8 tells us that if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And you see, because of the promises of God that we have, we should come to God with expectancy. That all the promises of God are yea and amen in him. This is another reason why we should not be fearful and this is an, another reason why we shouldn't be anxious because we can come to God with an expectant heart. Knowing as Jesus taught us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that the truth will set us free. So Abraham came and his posture was that he was set, that he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And notice because of his posture, because he, he was waiting to hear from God. In verse 2 the Bible tells us, and he lift up his eyes and looked and lo. Three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. There was also humility. 
When we come and when we commune with God, when we come into that sacred place of prayer, we must come with expectancy as Abraham sat in the tent door in the heat of the day waiting to hear from God. And also we must come with humility, realizing that I am nothing. I am below anything. And that I come before the great God of heaven. And if it had not been for the mercy of God, I would not even be able to come and to speak with the Lord. See, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been changed. We were once the enemy of God and we have been adopted into his family. And now we are his precious children. And when we come to that understanding and that realization of the position that we once were and the position that we are now in because of Jesus Christ, we must come with, humi- with humility, realizing that if it had not been for the mercy of God, we would have been consumed a, a long time ago. If it had not been for the grace of God, none of this would have been possible. So Abraham came and he bowed himself to the ground. When he saw the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us that he ran to meet them. And when he ran to meet them, he bowed himself towards the ground. And verse number three, and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. It's interesting that Abraham said, Lord, do not pass away. From you. you almost get the idea that the Lord would have just walked right by them. We kind of find that in Matthew chapter 14 when, as we alluded to earlier today, when the disciples were in the ship on the Sea of Galilee and they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Lord would have passed them by. But they saw him and they cried out unto him. I love that song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. You see, it was because Abraham was was looking, because he had an expectant heart. He was sitting down in the door at the heat of the day, and he saw the Lord walking by. And then we find the response of Abraham. Notice in verse number four, when when he realized that the Lord was with him, Abraham wanted the Lord to stay as long as he would. Notice in verse number four, he said, Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And verse number 8 tells us, And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree. And they did eat. There was fellowship. When Abraham began to commune with God, they began to fellowship. They had a a meal together. They They were talking one with another. And you see, when we begin to fellowship with God, something happens again. In verse number 9, the Lord said, as, and keep in mind, as they were eating, as they were fellowshipping, the Lord said, and they said unto him, verse number 9, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And then verse 10, And he said, I will certainly. Would you, would you underline that? 
I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now God had already given Abraham the promise. Keep in mind, God had already given Abraham the promise that Sarah was going to have a son. And from his son was God going to raise up from his seed a great and mighty nation. But what happened was the moment Abraham began to fellowship with the Lord, God reaffirmed his promise that he made to Abraham. Showing us that when we commune with God, what will the Lord do? God will take his word and he will begin to reaffirm the promises that he has made to us. Sometimes when we get discouraged and when we get down, we, we, we have to go into that place where we commune with God. And when we do so, the, the Spirit of God will begin to bring the Word of God back to our minds. Remember that promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you? You remember that promise that all things will work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose? All of these promises that we can find. And, and, and it wasn't until Abraham began to commune with God that the Lord said, I will certainly. He was reassuring Abraham of what he had already promised him. And this is an amazing thing and a reminder for us that we must find ourselves daily in the presence of God. We ought not to rush into the presence of God and rush out. But the Bible tells us in Psalm 91, he that abideth in the secret place. The word of God refers to it as a secret place, not because God wants to keep it secret from us, but because so few men find it. The presence of God is where God desires for us to abide, not to visit. We are to abide there where we are continually in his presence. Someone said it this way, a habit of prayer is good, but a spirit of prayer is better. And all throughout the day, we can be communing with God. All throughout the day, we can come to God with expectancy, coming to his word. Do you come to the word of God expecting God to speak to you? Do you come into the place of prayer expecting God to hear? We can have a certainty. God said, I will certainly return unto thee. There is expectancy, as we find in verse number one. There is humility, as we find in verse number two. There is fellowship, as we find in verse number eight, as they had a meal together. And as God began to reaffirm the promises that he had made to them. And even after the Lord reaffirmed the promise that he had made to Abraham and Sarah... The Bible tells us that Sarah doubted in her heart. And in another place, the Bible tells us that even Abraham doubted in his heart. And the Lord, not only did he make the, the, the reassurance in verse number 10, but notice what he said in verse number 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Because sometimes we, we can we get the idea that our, our, that, that our prayer and our, our requests are too big for God. But the Lord says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. You see, Sarah had doubt in her mind. Sarah said 
In verse number 12, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? She said, how in the world, even though you made this promise, how can this be? The circumstances are impossible. Then God had to correct her and say, no, is there anything too hard for the Lord to do? It reminds me in Psalm 78 when the children of God tempted the Lord. And they said, can the Lord furnish a table in the wilderness? They were essentially saying, is the Lord able to do the impossible? And so often, even as we read through the gospel records and we study and we, and we, and we go through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the Lord would say, where the word of God says, and he could there do no mighty works because of their unbelief. We find how the Lord would often say, how is it that you have so little faith? You see, the, the promise that the Lord had given them should have been enough, but despite that, she laughed and she doubted in her mind. But I also want to show you that when a man communes with the Lord, there is also revelation. There is revelation. So, so, so many people would come and they would say, how can I know the will of God for my life? Just get into his presence. Sit at his feet. And the Lord will begin to speak. Notice what happened in verse number 17. Pardon me, verse number 16. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to bring them on their way. In verse number 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? You see, God was preparing to do something. He was preparing to destroy Sodom because of their wickedness. But as God was communing with Abraham, God, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? And God revealed what he was doing. God revealed his plan. Someone said that the way that God shows us his will is as a scroll, as we as we enter into his presence and as we obey the light that he gives us he begins to reveal it more and more and more and you see as Abraham was communing with God the Lord said shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do seeing verse 18 that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him and then notice what he says in verse number 19 for I know him isn't that an incredible thing the Lord says, and I know him. And by the way, can I submit to you that the Lord knows you? Even the very hairs on your head, the Lord knows. David said, thou art acquainted with all my ways. My, from the moment we get up to the, the moment we put our head down on our pillow. Even the very requests that we bring before the Lord, before we even bring them, the Lord knows all about it. So in verse number 19, he says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. He knew that Abraham was faithful. He knew all about Abraham. He did. And also, not only do we find revelation, 
I want to show you in this account, when a man communes with God, there is also intercession. There is intercession. You may say, where do you find that there is intercession? Now the Lord had revealed to Abraham the thing in which he was about to do. In verse number 20, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. The, keep in mind, this is the Lord explaining what he's about to do. So the Lord says in verse number 21, I will go down now to see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. If not, I will know. And the men turned their face from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord and Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? God revealed to Abraham that he was about to go to Sodom to destroy the city because of their sin, because their sin was so grievous and great. God revealed this to Abraham. And you know what Abraham did? He began to pray. Because you see, Abraham had a nephew in Sodom, Lot. It's interesting. Because in Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, we find how Abraham sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Abraham, in the will of God, obeying God, expecting to hear from God. And in Genesis chapter 19, verse 1, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. One man was sitting in his tent door in the heat of the day, waiting to hear from God. And another man is sitting at the gate of Sodom, outside of the will of God. It's interesting, the contrast that we find here. You see, there was a time in which Lot got in trouble where kings came and took him and Abraham had to come and rescue him. You remember that? And then Lot got himself right back into trouble. And it, it would almost seem as if Abraham did everything that he was able to do. But sometimes it would seem that we, we, would, we would try to Explain to them the gospel and it would seem that if all of our efforts are, are, are not prevailing. But can I submit to you that Abraham prayed? He interceded. The Bible tells us in verse number 22 at the end of the verse, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham prayed, uh, will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because even though Lot was in Sodom, the... Lot had faith and he believed in the Lord and he was considered righteous. So the Bible refers to him as, just, uh, as righteous Lot. And as the angels went to destroy this wicked city, the Bible tells us in chapter 19, verse 29, because Abraham interceded, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Isn't that an incredible thing? That as God was preparing to destroy the city because of their sin, which was so grievous and great, that God remembered the prayers of Abraham and sent Lot out. And Lot was spared. 
You see, all because Abraham was communing with God. Abraham was communing with the Lord. And dearly beloved, we too must be those who commune with God. We too must be those who are daily in the presence of the Lord. Every moment of the day, we we are praying and we are in that spirit of prayer. It may not be every moment of the day we are praying, but we should have that spirit of prayer where we are talking with the Lord, where we are speaking with the Lord, where we are pouring out our hearts unto the Lord. And we find even the encouragement that, that as God was preparing to destroy the city, that he remembered Abraham and spared Lot. We can pray for our unsaved loved ones. We can pray for those that are without Christ. And we can see how they can be spared from the wrath of God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is an incredible thing to, to, to find in this passage of Abraham communing with God. And also I want to um, point out in verse number five, we find not only fellowship, how Abraham was fellowshipping with God, but we see how Abraham wanted the Lord to feel as comfortable as possible. Don't miss this. He, he, he said, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Abraham wanted the Lord to, to stay as long as possible. He wanted the Lord to feel comfortable. He wanted the Lord to feel at home with him. He said, here's some food. Rest yourselves and, and to wash and have your feet washed. And I want to ask you, does the Lord feel at home with you? If this was us, would this be the case? Where even as Abraham said, And comfort ye your hearts, and after that ye shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. How the Lord desires to dwell with us. He dwells in us, but he desires that we would be filled with his spirit all throughout the day. Even as we have found in this passage. And we find also how the Lord answered Abraham, how he spared Lot, and this man who communed with the Lord. Hold your place here and turn with me to Psalm 91 for a moment. Often referred to Psalm of Protection, and we'll close with this thought here. As we consider communing with God and being in the presence of God, we find an interesting word that helps us understand this truth. In Psalm 91, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in this psalm, we find he that dwelleth. Would you take notice of that word, he that dwelleth? That word dwelleth really means lives, abides. And as we commune with God, we ought to abide in the secret place. We ought to abide in the holiest of holies. In the very throne room of God. 
The throne room of God, we are able to come in boldly because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for our sins. When Jesus Christ hung upon that cross and the Bible tells us that when he gave up the ghost, that the veil in the temple was ripped in twain. Now men can freely come in to the holiest of holies. That no longer was it a priest that needed to go to make atonement for the sins of the people once a year. But now we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood once for all. And because of that, we have access now. We have free access. And we can boldly come into the throne room of grace. Someone may say, what right does a man have to come and speak with God? Because of Jesus. Because of his sacrifice. Because of his blood. Now we can come. And now when we come before God, we come as a child would come before his father. Wherefore we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba is a a word, a term of endearment. We have a personal God that we can come before and we can just pour out our hearts before. Many people have the idea that when they come before the throne room of God, they're, they're coming to try to impress God with all of their words, with all of their lingo. But can I submit to you that we can come to God and just cry Abba, Father. We can come to God and pour out our complaint before him. We can come before the Lord and be still and just hear his voice. And dearly beloved, we can come and commune with the Lord. Who communes with the Lord. And maybe you're not. And tonight can be a night where we can seek the Lord and ask him. Oh Lord, help me from this day forth to be one that communes with you. Where I'm in your presence and I come with a spirit of expectancy. I come with humility. I come desiring to fellowship with the Lord. I come realizing that as I fellowship, the Lord will reveal his word and will reaffirm his promises unto me. I come realizing that if I, if I come before the throne room and if I abide in the secret place and if I commune with the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Lord will speak back to me and he will reveal his will. He will reveal his plan. And if I truly come and commune with the Lord, I will not just speak on my behalf, but I'll commune, pardon me, but I'll intercede for others. Even as Abraham interceded for Lot. And may God help us to be those who commune with the Lord. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we pray and ask tonight that we would be those, because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood, be those who would come boldly into your throne room of grace and commune with you. We pray, Father, that all of the distractions and the busyness of this world would not take us away from that precious place of prayer and communion with our Savior. Father, forgive us for when we have been too busy with our own life and in which we have neglected that time of prayer. Forgive us, Father, for when we have not found that hour, that sweet hour of prayer. And Lord, I ask you that even tonight that your spirit would implant into us a desire to commune, a desire to come before your presence and to speak with you.
to fall humbly at your feet and to even hear your voice. Oh, Father, we think of Martha who was cumbered about with much service, and, but on the contrast, Mary who sat at the Savior's feet. Oh, Lord, may we be as Mary who would sit at the Savior's feet, who would speak with him and hear his voice. I ask you, Father, that tonight for many of our unsaved loved ones, that you would save them and that you would help us to pray on their behalf. That your spirit would open up their eyes, that they would see their need of a Savior. And we pray, Father, that even this night, that your precious spirit would continue to take your word and speak to our hearts. May we leave this place with a burning desire to commune with our dear Savior. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.